I'm Diana, and I love printing and design, typography and branding, books and publishing. I've traveled the world learning about trends to share with my students and with my readers. But I haven't forgotten where I started, writing papers about paper on paper. And now, I've created a podcast to share what I know with you. So, let's talk paper scissors. In the previous episode, we met Sarah Wright, who shared the name of her business, Yes and Studio, that also encapsulates her creative philosophy, the power of constraint in breeding creativity, and her proclamation of the deep love she feels for post-it notes. She also discussed her desire to balance different parts of her creative practice, and today's guest agrees. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, choosing your favorite child. Like, I don't know if I'm, you know, able to actually say that. Uh, you know, I definitely skew skewed more towards one than the other, depending on how they're interacting with me at that moment. Um, I think each of those streams really requires a, a different headspace, a different energy. Um, I also find that I'm, you know, potentially clinically allergic to sameness. So I, I like to alternate between things. So yeah, I think a mixture between like the teaching, doing my like own personal artwork and the kind of publishing and illustration stuff. Um, I think all of them, if they could all live happily alongside each other, um, that, you know, that's my ideal word to, to get like a good balance between those three things. Allow me to officially introduce you to today's guest, Sarah Dennis. Sarah Dennis is a paper artist and illustrator whose work combines traditional paper cutting techniques with collage. Sarah has worked with a range of clients, including BBC Four, Tatler, The Guardian, and Gosh Arts. Sarah has also illustrated and authored a selection of books, including Paper Cut Woodland and Paper Plants, published by Carlton Books. Sarah loves to share her craft, teaching workshops throughout the UK. Paper cutting is creative and therapeutic, focusing the mind and steadying the hand while bringing about a serene sense of achievement. Sarah loves to see others find the same level of joy in this craft as she does. In our conversation, Sarah and I discuss how she creates her paper cut masterpieces by focusing on negative space. The way she works with simple tools and simple materials to make extraordinary creations, as well as the importance of setting time goals in creative work. I am an artist and an illustrator. I am. Um, I also teach as well, so I run workshops, and I live in um, in the UK in Bristol. Um, and um, yeah, I've lived here quite a long time. I came here to do my degree, and I studied a course in illustration. Um, before that I was living in Sussex near a town called Brighton and I kind of started my creative journey in Brighton doing my art foundation and um, and yeah moved here and never really left really I had a couple of years in, in London um, but yeah live here I'm quite settled now. Now how would you describe your artistic style particularly I'm particularly interested in the beautiful intricate paper cutting. Yeah 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 I guess um my work it, it has a kind of a level of like fluidity to it like a kind of I have kind of, I have an interesting kind of see creatures and the way that they kind of flow together and yeah I'd say it's quite intricate um quite detailed and yeah I just got themes of nature are really really strong everything's quite connected um the, in a lot of my work 
the more you look, the more you see. Um, so you're kind of constantly discovering lots of like different things between like the negative and the positive space. I so my daughter and I just last night we were reading your animal camouflage yeah. book, and and yeah, and I said Charlotte, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be chatting tomorrow with with the person who made this with the per-. and she's like what oh. I don't quite understand. I said well which animals do you like best? She said well <laughs> I really like the wild boars. So so, so she yes. yeah we have we absolutely love your work in in this house. Uh, it's so nice. Yeah, you kind of, I guess you like, you do these projects, especially with books and stuff. And then you kind of, they go out into the world and then you kind of just forget about them a little bit. And then you kind of, every so often you're reminded that they're in the world and they're existing and people are looking at them and reading them and enjoying them. And that's the great thing about books is that they have this little life all of their own in like every individual's house, just kind of sitting there waiting to be opened. And yeah, it's really nice when like friends of mine say, oh, my daughter or my brother. Oh, my son really love it it's just like oh yeah yeah kids yeah they look at that <laughs> you kind of forget it's incredible <laughs> that the work is stunning yeah. so and I find it absolutely fascinating the way you can take just a single sheet of paper and carefully yeah. remove pieces and end up with this yeah, masterpiece yeah. so I I think of you like this modern day kind of paper Michelangelo as it were <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> oh my God. so what what well, are the kind of the key <laughs> skills that make you successful at what you do yeah I think it's, it's having like quite a key eye for composition and shapes um, um so yeah I guess when I'm kind of starting out on that process I do kind of draw the animals quite a lot and then but when I'm putting it all together it really is just kind of mapping out the shapes and what's going to work together what's going to flow together as like a kind of continuous form which your eye then kind of travels from one part of the you know from the page to another part going on this journey of discovery um so composition is really key um and then when you've got that composition down um it's just kind of it's having those drawing skills and animals has always been one of my favorite things to draw so I'm so that project was great for me because I got to just draw animals over and over and over again um and this is having really like and with the knife as well um yeah I've been kind of using the knife like it's my pen for like some time now so I can kind of get those intricate shapes and curves and details and just carve it out and and just enjoy that process. What does that creative process look like from beginning to end like how long does a typical paper cutting piece of art take to make? Yeah yeah well like it's it's always a bit of a tricky one that because I guess I do do lots of different projects and not all the projects are kind of there's not one typical project but I guess with that piece like the animal camouflage series of books um they um I guess I would spend like a good day like mapping out um and and drawing the artwork I mean with that one in particular I, there would also be a day of of research and just looking at lots of animals and drawing them in my sketchbook and just becoming really um familiar with each of those animals the way that their body works the scene that it's going to be in like if it was in you know Africa I'd be doing lots of research around Africa and just sort of creating that mood board of that environment that I was going to be drawing um, so then when I kind of got my composition down yeah it's um yeah I guess I would definitely spend a good day doing the drawing making sure I was really happy with that and then maybe like a a good like 
day and maybe or two like doing the cutting um day and a bit so yes as I say everyone is different and some like when it sometimes when it's personal work it takes a lot longer and I kind of like oh you know can really just take my time with it and think about it is that right or is that wrong but we're working with a client it's a different process because you're you're mapping out you want to show them exactly what you're going to do and there's a bit of back and forth and there's a you know you've got a there's no kind of just hanging about and maybe kind of having a break from it from a bit and then coming back it's like you know you do kind of have to set yourself those time goals so um so yeah each one is different but yeah I mean once you're in that zone of of cutting and drawing um the time is kind of morphs and it's sometimes when people ask me oh how long did it take it must have taken you so long I'm just always just like oh I don't know um it because time just kind of is this different world when you're in it and you're doing it so sometimes it can feel quite quick that's such an interesting point that you make. It's almost that concept of, of flow or finding that creative kind of magical mm. space where time just stands still. You're in the present moment. You're, yeah. you're, you're in your craft. You're making something beautiful. Mm. And it just it, it takes as long as it takes or as short as it takes. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a good place to be. Now, does the paper ever rip on you? Like this would be my fear is that I would just I would what? get 99% of the <laughs> way through and then I would just be like, Rah! and mess it up right at the beginning or at the end um not so much anymore I mean the paper that I work with it's not super fine super thin paper it's about 130 gsm so it's not gonna be just ripping out of the blue the only way it would really rip is that if I was using my blade for far too long and I hadn't replaced it and then maybe I would just press too hard and then maybe the blade could split it like just you know cut the paper but that hasn't happened in a really long time in the early days that happened but um, I soon kind of learned to just ref uh, regularly refresh my blades um, especially when working on a piece that I knew was going to be you know in a gallery or was going to be an original piece of artwork um, I would take a lot of care to make sure that my blade was really sharp and that I and I also use the other hand a lot to kind of guide where my cut is and to hold the paper um, so yeah it doesn't it hasn't happened to me in a really long time. Now, I saw that you also work in the realm of printing. A little and bit. I think just even on your like on your Instagram stories today, uh, you had some some interesting printing kind of creating these these intricate lino cut designs. Yeah. So it's I, this is a bit of a new experimentation for me this year is working with lino. Um, and I'm yeah, I'm really liking it. Um the cutting is coming to me really easy. You know, the cutting is not a problem. I know how to cut and it's a similar kind of action to the blade. It's similar, but different, but you're still, there's still that quite satisfying, quite time consuming, um, you, know, you know, removing shapes to reveal a design. Um, so that's all coming really easy to me. And and yeah, and it kind of hooks you in because once you kind of start, you're like, oh, just a little bit more, just a little bit more. You just want to work your way through the design cutting away. But the printing bit, I definitely need, you know, doesn't come so naturally to me. I haven't work with like inks and paints um for for a little while now so I'm kind of re-familiarizing myself with that and it's yeah it's just lots of little things like how do I apply the paint to the you know um, the ink the best and how much pressure do I put onto it and how perfect does it need to be and just aligning things and all those things so I'm learning a lot which I'm really liking and how similar or different is it to to paper cut art? I know you mentioned that the cutting is is quite similar, but I mean, you're it's it's a different kind of material. So how how have you kind of 
compensated for that. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess it's similar in the fact that you're working with negative and positive space, but I'm almost, with my designs, I'm almost still designing in that paper cut way where everything needs to be connected. So that's kind of in, quite ingrained in me that everything is connected. But with lino cut, it doesn't need to be connected. You know, you can have floating bits like here and there, and there is a bit more freedom to that. So I kind of need to keep on reminding myself that, you know, I that I can play with that, like, you know, um, with the design and I could do different things to how I would with the lino cutting. So I'm trying to open up my brain a bit more to, to new ways of designing with the lino cut. And where do you find your inspiration? Yes, uh, I guess um, I, it's when you see things that you just don't see on a daily basis. So like, you know, you open up a textbook and you're and you see like these amazing mushrooms that you're like, whoa that exists in the world just doing its crazy little mushroom thing or you watch a David Attenborough documentary and there is a crazy fish around the depths of the ocean and um and it just kind of blows your mind a bit they're like you know these creatures just exist on the world with us and I you know so whenever I see something that I don't see or maybe will never see or you know just see creatures doing their thing in the ocean living in a different a completely different way to how we do um that just really inspires me so yeah sea creatures are a really big theme and they really work with the kind of the fluid style that I have um mushrooms I'm you know I've got a very very substantial pin board of mushrooms now so um that's being really inspiring and just how you can see um like familiarities in these patterns and forms and shapes and swirls in everyday life as well so like in Victorian wallpapers or in moldings and ceilings and like architecture and stuff you can see how you know nature has influenced you know like even like architecture and and little details in that we do see in our everyday life um so yeah nature is is an forever you know inspiration and do you have a favorite ever project that you have produced? Well, there was a project that I worked on and it was it was before my first daughter. And it was it was commissioned by a children's charity called Great Ormond Street. They're really big here in England. Um, and it was to create a resource to help these children go through quite a scary time. You know, they're about to kind of they've gone to hospital, they're about to maybe have a big operation. And there was already a part of the hospital, this um, this kind of trail and this artwork on the walls. And I had to do a piece to, to link with that, something that they could hold in their hands, maybe a narrative or a story. So I created a children's book for them. Um, and I worked with a writer who I knew who created a really gorgeous story about, about following the fish, um, that would, a story that would help them feel relaxed and at ease about this really scary thing that, that was about to happen to them. Um, and we got to go into the hospital and chat with the parents and the children about the story that we had created and the artwork that we were doing. And we got their feedback and just the process. But like, you know, I've just never normally, you never normally when you're working on children's books, be able to actually talk to the children that you're creating the book for, especially something that's so special for the children that are going through and parents as well that are going through something you know quite scary so it, it was really emotional and, and just so rewarding to be able to do that and um, we also created a resource for them like a little pop-up kind of uh, it was like a search and find activity similar to like my artwork the more you look the more you see um, and a color in activity so 
that was amazing. And I got to, I was in control of the project. So I organized, you know, what papers we chose for that children's book and what the cover looked like. And so being in control of the whole publishing side of things, you know, commissioning a writer and for it going to this hospital where it was going to help loads of children. It was, yeah, it was an incredible project. It was really great to be a part of that. Um, and just so different to what I've done before. It's so different to working in the kind of publishing industry, you know, where you've got like a team around you, you've got uh, your art director and people, you know, there's there are restrictions to what you can do, but this was a, a kind of a mixture between like a, a publishing project and an arts project. And, it, and yeah, it was, it was really lovely. That sounds incredible. Yeah. It sounds it sounds like it was a really kind of important and impactful piece. And I'm curious to know, were there any big lessons that came, like personal lessons from that project for you? Yeah, I guess just to kind of play like a bit more with my artwork. You know, at the time I was kind of trying to like introduce like um, I was using the airbrush to create more kind of colors in my work, and um, I was a bit more experimentational with my approach. Um, I guess because I could be because I was in control of the project that I, there was no one saying, well, you cannot, can't try this out. So I did try things out and new things and and some really worked and some didn't. Um, but I think ultimately I, it ended up being uh, like a more kind of enriching experience for me and creating something a little bit different as well um, to what I usually do. So it kind of made me, yeah, kind of come out of my comfort zone a little bit and be playful like a child would be. I love that. And do you have any new books on the horizon? Yeah, I'm thinking of lots of ideas and there's a few kind of projects in the, in the really early kind of infancy stages, but I'm my my oldest daughter is quite into dinosaurs at the moment and oh mine too yes, mine too it's great um so I've been researching dinosaurs a bit more and I really want to do a dinosaur book so yeah I'm putting together some ideas and like just planning out a book which I want to approach to publishers um so yeah it's all about the dinosaurs so good yeah, yeah. sign me up yeah <laughs> especially for not you know I think I with girls in mind, not just for girls, but, uh, you know, a book that's that does appeal to them, the two, you know, maybe there's a female character, like a girl character that's that's saying, oh, she loves dinosaurs and she wants to learn about dinosaurs. I think just to see having a strong like girl character that they can relate to, to kind of warm them into this like world of of dinosaurs. And it's, you know, not all the dinosaurs are boys uh, um, to explore all that would be great. Yeah, I always whenever I, I'm doing some kind of ch- children's clothing shopping as it were I love looking at both what's available in the girl section and what's available in the boy section because the boy section more times than not will have some sort of dinosaur something and my girls are dinosaur crazy so I I I am I yes I think dinosaurs are for everybody oh yes they are yes yeah (laughs) but what does the future look like for you and what in kind of a perfect world uh, Mm. I know that the world is not perfect but in a perfect world without any constraints what might the future look like for you and your artwork and your publishing in the next let's say 10 years yeah yeah well I mean I've recently been doing um, more teaching and I love that I love teaching a lot I think yeah for me I I love spending lots of time on my own doing my artwork that's really great and as I say you know kind of getting into that flow state that's really nice but I also do really crave that connection with other people and um, I recently been doing like a three-week paper arts course and it's just so nice to be in a room with other people you know especially after 
after you know the whole lockdown experience um and connect with them and help show them new skills and take them through that learning process of being playful and creative and learning and failing and getting better and all that type of thing so the teaching has, has been a has been really enjoyable and I hope to do more of that maybe if I could do like a kind of a regular like once a week class with with students that would be really great um and the artwork as well like I think there's kind of almost three parts to my business there's the illustration with the publishing um, which I love and I love kind of putting my head like my my children's kind of hat on and thinking about what children would like and how they could learn um, and then there's my kind of artwork world where I'm just in my zone and I'm creating without any limitations and I definitely would like to grow that more and to sell more artwork on my online shop and do more galleries um, so yeah I think a mixture between like the teaching doing my like own personal artwork and the kind of publishing and illustration stuff um, I think all of them if they could all live happily alongside each other um, that you know that's my ideal word to, to get like a good balance between those three things that sounds awesome I mm. am in complete agreement with that having a nice balance of of mm. like you said personal projects and some teaching and connection yeah it's, and and the publishing side of of things yeah I I'm in sign me up yeah yeah sounds good <laughs> well thank you so much Sarah for chatting with us today it's been an absolute pleasure and it's uh, it's so lovely to meet you and again we'll enjoy your work tonight at bedtime yeah yeah right <laughs> oh thanks thank cool. you thanks so much for having me bye Among many insights gained, Sarah Dennis reminds us about the way in which projects that involve a level of freedom also allow for play. In the next episode, we meet Kate, a Lego artist, who shares Sarah's feelings about the power of play in her work. Kind of made me, yeah, kind of come out of my comfort zone a little bit and be playful like a child would be. Yeah, so play, like to answer your question even more, like that's how I incorporate play. So I'll like pick the pieces and then I'll hand them to my kids and then they hide them for me. Stay tuned. <laughs>